800. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense Welcome is to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Yes, indeed. It is Easter weekend, Larry. How about that? Yes, it is, Chris. Good morning and happy Easter weekend, right? Thank you very much. Lord, he has risen, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, this is just one of the very special times, very close to my heart this time of year when we start remembering Christ and what he did for us. That's exactly right, exactly what he did for us, you know, and, and, and those that, you know, the Bible's pretty clear. Confess that Jesus is your Savior. Believe it in your heart, your mind. Believe that he's resurrected. Um, so definitely. So praise the Lord. So, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to, to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show here on this Easter weekend, 2019. I like to start the show off each week with what happened in the, the markets, the economy, and and uh, just sort of roll into the show and go from there. We always like to get phone calls, too, so feel free to dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. with any of your financial planning or investment type questions at all. Open mic Saturday, if you will. Well, Chris, this past, you know, on Thursday, the market's closed up pretty powerful. Uh, you know, the, the, the economy is rolling along fine. People are all starting to ask, you know, what what's out there? What, what do we see? What's going on? And right now, as we sit here today, I don't really see any signs of a recession this year or even in the first part of next year at this point. You know, we've got some things on the table still. We have information on, you know, what's going to be happening with the China trade deal. Brexit is off the table now until October, and corporate earnings are coming in now as well as over the next several weeks, and they seem to be coming in a little bit stronger, a little bit more positive than what people had anticipated. So all is pretty good, and and the, the Federal Reserve is going to be lowering down the roll-off of its balance sheet, which basically for the last several months it's been rolling off $50 billion a month and not reissuing those bonds. And that's actually functionally been tightening the money supply. And starting next month in May, they're going to drop it down to $10 billion a month, but they're going to reissue. So they're going to keep the same amount of money supply in the economy. In other words, they're going to keep the same amount of water in the swimming pool, if you will. Okay, I was so say, yeah. yeah, there you go. So it's not tightening the economy anymore or the money supply. So the Fed is becoming a little bit more accommodative right now. And was that to say that the swimming pool was originally too full, and that's why you say rolling off? Is that uh, is that a good analogy or not? It could very well be. Yeah, you know, the the Fed wants to you know normalize its interest rates as well as reduce the the amount of assets that's on its balance sheet. You know, and who who blames them? You're right. They, they, you know, so so that that is a good thing when when it comes to managing the economy. And and speaking of the economy, it's kind of like Goldilocks. We talked about this several weeks ago on the show. You know, the economy is not too cool right now where the Fed needs to start stimulating. And on the other side, the economy is not too hot and overheated where the Fed needs to cool it down. 
and start and start uh, putting the brakes on the economy. The economy is just kind of right right now. So we've sort of found neutral. And and a lot of people, a lot of analysts are out there talking about the next move with the Fed is going to be lowering rates or raising rates. Well, we'll just have to wait to see. Uh, you know, the, the, the Fed is, is, has basically said, you know, right now things look pretty good and they're going to be data dependent. I don't see any rate hikes. Maybe, maybe one later at the end of this year, but we'll have to wait and see upon that. Bottom line is things are coming back to f- in focus on fundamentals, what's happening in the underpinnings of the economy, corporate fundamentals, corporate earnings, things of that nature, which is where it should be. You know, let's let's focus on the on the true organic growth of the economy and the market. So good news as far as where things are right now. And that's important, too, to take a good look at where your investments are. Make sure your portfolios are balanced, that your risk acceptance levels are are appropriate as well. <clears throat> I was doing a uh, review with a client of ours last week and we or earlier this week, and we, we were talking about you know their their risk level what is their acceptable risk level and this is something that that everyone really needs to start paying attention to the markets are getting very close again to an all-time high and people get a little little nervous about that but you know it's probably going to reach an all-time high sometime this quarter uh, you know there's no guarantees to that but that's what a lot of people are, are sort of predicting there and and my point is Understand the risk level that that you you have in your investments, because when the markets get high like this and the markets keep producing growth, one one very interesting question seems to pop up, and that is, hey, should I take more risk at this particular point in time? Should I take more risk? Well, it depends on a handful of things if you should take more risk or not. You know, one, what what is what is the the obligations of cash flow for you and your family with your investments are you are you retired and living off of your pension and social security and maybe your investments are earmarked for the next generation for an inheritance well that's going to give you a different risk profile on those investments on the other hand if you're dependent to live off of the vast majority of your investment income today then that's going to give you a substantially different risk profile when it comes to uh, how the how the money is invested from a risk reward standpoint. So it's important now to sit down and take a good look at the risk level inside your portfolios and make sure that the the, the risk level is acceptable to what your needs are. Remember, the, at the end of the day, we we want to make sure that we have sort of sort of what we call GARP growth at a reasonable price. We want to make sure that our income is 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 being delivered from reliable sources within our investments, and that we can handle some swings in the marketplace if the marketplace starts to swing. Uh, up, up and down a little bit. So it's important to take a good look at it. Use terms such as beta. What is beta? Beta measures the risk of your investments. Sit down with your advisor. Or if you want, just simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the search button. Hit beta. You'll see You'll see some reports there. Or shoot us off an email. And we'll show you how to find out what the ultimate risk level is of your portfolio. Sounds really good, Larry. I, I know that when you're thinking about your retirement and this is getting closer in the window, risk does really enter into the picture, and being safe kind of becomes more important, right? Well, yeah, safe. You know, a lot of times, Chris, you you can win by not losing. When the markets dip down, and I'm not saying that they're going to here anytime soon. I mean, nobody wants that. You know, mm. the 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 it's something called upside and downside capture. So let's suppose that you're, the accounts are going up now. How much of the up or the performance are you capturing? 
versus when the markets go down, how much of the downside are you capturing? How much of that bucket leaks out, right? I mean, if you get the bucket full, you don't want to lose any of it, right? You capture it all. Correct. You, do, yeah. you don't, you know. So so that that's what we're talking about here is understanding the risk. And, and, and people do this in, in a lot of different ways. There's so many different philosophies out there when it comes to this. Bottom line here, though, is that you should build a portfolio. You should have money inside your investments that have stocks and bonds mm. inside of or equities and, and fixed income inside of it. And they can be made up of individual stocks, ETFs, mutual funds. You know, there's advisors out there that believe only in individual stocks. And there's advisors that believe only in individual ETFs or only mutual funds. We happen to believe in all three. We feel that there's pros and cons to each type of an investment vehicle. You know, stocks, you, you put money into a stock, there's no expense ratio on that stock. But at the same time, you have lack of diversification when you put money into one stock. An ETF, it's going to give you a little bit of diversification, less expensive than a mutual fund, but there is a, there is a fee when you compare it to an individual stock. Versus a mutual fund, you're going to get massive diversification right away. Sometimes it's a little bit more expensive than ETFs. Uh, you can't trade for it in a day like you can with an ETF. So there's, and then you get active management on some mutual funds. So there's pros and cons across the board to all types of products. Ask your advisor if you're working with a financial advisor what their preference are, and have them explain to you what's inside the portfolio as far as product goes. Is it just mutual funds? Is it individual stocks, ETFs, a combination of all three, even UITs? Ask them what their preference is and ask them to explain to you why. You know, get educated on this. Know what you own when it comes to, to driving, the you know, your rate of return inside your portfolios. So uh, if you have any questions on that, feel free to give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. You can also go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email if you want to get information on, on how a portfolio is designed, constructed or even the risk measurements so that you can compare them with yourself. As a matter of fact, our, our financial planning toolkit, we have sent out thousands of these over the years, Chris, mm -hmm. and they really help people out a lot. There's no cost for the financial planning toolkit. If you want to get a copy of it, just go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, shoot us off an email, and, and we'll be happy to send you out a financial planning toolkit. And it's going to help you figure out where you are when it comes to these risk questions, when it comes to product design inside your investment portfolios, all different types of information in there. So go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And as a matter of fact, while you're there, you can go check out our seminars. We have a seminar coming up. It's going to be, again, over in, in the Maryland area um, in Catonsville, just outside of Baltimore. It's going to be on uh, Thursday, May 9th. We have two sessions. The first one begins at 1 in the afternoon, goes from 1 to 2.30, and then again from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This, this month, we're going to be going over the pros and cons of annuities. And there's going to be lots of people there, <laughs> lots of questions. Bring your questions. You know, annuities are one of the hottest oh, yeah. subjects out there. People either hate them or they either love them. And, and we're going to 
you know, sort of debunk the myth on them. We're going to answer your questions. Bring your annuity contracts if you want. We'll be happy to answer your questions for you right there. But we're going to go through the pros and cons, the primary objective of annuities, what's going on with them, why you should or shouldn't have one, who should or shouldn't have one, and the purpose of all of them. So, again, there's no cost for this seminar, and the refreshments are complimentary. It's going to be Thursday, May 9th, over in Catonsville at Turf Valley Country Club and Resort. Uh, If you have an annuity, or if you want to learn about an annuity, feel free to come on out. Again, there's you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, up in the upper right-hand corner. Click on Seminars and register right there. Register early because the seats are going to fill up. Oh, Again, yeah. it's going to be Thursday, May 9th, two sessions, 1 o'clock in the afternoon and 6.30 p.m. in the evening. The, there's no charge for this educational session, and the refreshments are complimentary. So go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. Chris, I see we need to take a quick break. Hey, give us a ring with any of your questions at all at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. Now nationwide and coast-to-coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the number to call. You can call that number at any time, 855-ROSE-123. Our financial and retirement expert, Larry Rosenthal, is here. Larry. So, Chris, a lot of times people will ask the question, you know, when when they come into the office and, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're interested in, in getting a second opinion. Mm-hmm. On, on what they're doing, how, how they're, they're managing their investments, what they're doing with their current advisor. And, and oftentimes I get asked a, a, you know, just dozens and dozens of questions as they're sort of interviewing me or, or members of our firm as to how we work with people, what our, our fees are, how we manage money, performance, you know, just the whole nine yards. And one of the questions that I often get asked a lot is, have I forgot to ask anything? What else should I ask? 
Right. And I say, you know, that, that's a great question because, yes, you have forgotten to ask a lot of things, okay? And and so I just sort of was thinking about that this morning be- before the, the show in the, in the studio, and I thought, you know, I, I'm going to just talk to this because people, people don't know, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? right? And so what are the steps involved in an interview process when you're interviewing a financial advisor? What are some of the questions that are most overlooked that you should be asking, Right. And, and and a lot of people will ask their compensation. You know, how do you get paid? Do you get paid by commissions? In other words, you have to move money back and forth in order to get paid, or is it an asset fee so that so that as the investments grow, you do better, or or is it an hourly fee? You know, personally at our firm, we're 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 you know we're we're registered to do all three, depending on how somebody wants to work with us, which is a, which is a good thing. But but let's go further down the road and and ask some other questions. These are some of the more uh, salient points that you might want to ask a financial a prospective financial advisor when you're interviewing him or her. One of them is ask them what their buy and sell decision process is. How do you decide to move money? How do you decide to balance the accounts? What is your process? Can you show me your process? Can you explain to me what your process is when it comes to you making a decision to move from this stock to that stock or that fund to this fund or whatever? Explain that to me and then just be quiet and see what they say. And if they start fumbling around a little bit, then you might want to ask them this follow-up question and say, you know, are you really making the investment decisions or is there someone else behind the scenes? making the investment decisions. Who's your team? How is the process done? Uh, another question to, to, to follow up on that is, will you as the client have any input on the investments? In other words, are you going to be working with an advisor that says, hey, you know what, you're only going to be able to invest in the stuff that I say and that's it. Even if you have some some stock from a, an inheritance, you know, are you going to be able to keep it? Or is your advisor open to you coming in and saying, hey, you know what, I've been following this stock a little bit. I'd like to get a few shares of it in my account. Is that okay? And then can you track it and follow it with me? You know, different things of that nature. Are there really Uh, some financial advisors that are rigid out there that don't let you do these kinds of things? Yes, there are, Chris. They're wow. all over the place. They, I, I, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I speak at national conventions with other financial advisors. I, I, I teach them on, on, on financial planning and things. I, I go around the country and do that from time to time. And I, I hear all different types of scenarios on how people are, are running their business. Now, it's their business. They can do what they want to do, sure. and that's perfectly fine. But it's important for somebody to, when they're interviewing a prospective financial advisor, ask them these questions. Because, you know, you want to know before you get involved as much as you can. You know, another question is also is what's the communication process when questions pop up? In other words, if, if I have a question on my statement, do I email you? Do I call you? Do I come in? Do I talk to a staff person? What do I do? You know, am I speaking with a team member? How does this work when I have questions, if I can't get through to your website? Or if I just have questions on, hey, what's your thought right now in the economy? Do I have access to the people that are driving the investment decision plans? Do I have access to the people that are that are monitoring the financial plans? What's happening here? What is the communication process from me to you and you to me on all of this? We've done business. I know we've all done business with that one individual where you were hoping you were getting the best thing, and then you do business, and then you never hear from them again. You only hear from 
staff members or a third party person, you never, ever have an opportunity to talk to that original person. And that's that's not customer service. I know that's not the way you guys operate. Exactly. And one of the key things that you can tell, you know, quality advisor is is when when you finish meeting with them, they immediately set up the next appointment because they want to stay in touch. They want to stay monitoring the financial plan and the investment process. And and there's a lot of advisors that don't do that. They might say, hey, you know what? Uh, Give me a call next year and we'll get together. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I think that these are some of the questions that you need to be asking that are some, you know, overlooked questions when it, when it comes to this. Ask the, the financial advisor, can you take me through the three phases of financial planning? What is your vision for my family? Do you understand what our goals are when it comes time to the estate planning objectives? Right. Can you explain to me the process of taxes that come out of my retirement plans when it goes to my heirs or charities? What are the latest things in the tax code that I can that I can you know, take advantage of? Do you work with a CPA firm, an estate planning attorney? So lots of questions here that that a lot of people will overlook. And again, this is sort of born out of. Uh, somebody, you know, people coming in and kicking the tires and saying, you know, hey, wh- what do I interview? What do I ask? And yeah, you can Google up a lot of different questions and things like that. But these are some of the things that that I think people should be uh, asking their their current advisor. A- another one here is is also very interesting too, that that people do not ask. They just they just take it for you know, um, uh, they just take it for granted. And that is, what is the tracking process of your financial plan? And that sounds kind of funny, but I but I say this because oftentimes people will come in and they'll show me their financial plan. You know, this is 2019, and 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 I'm looking at it, and I go, it's a beautifully bound book, and it's nice, and it's and it was written in 2014. <laughs> I said, well, do you have the other updates? Well, no, this is the first one. This is the one that we did. You know, it's this, pretty, but it this doesn't. is what our advisor gave us. <laughs> so, so you mean you're not getting an updated one every, you know, twice a year or, or, or things like that or, 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 or once a year at least? You're not getting an updated one every time you meet with him or her? Well, oh, no, wow. this this was the starting point. So so that is a huge, huge yeah. question when you when it comes to how is the advisor tracking the progress of your financial plan and how – if they're not, are they making investment decisions when they're not tracking the financial plan? It's like I put oil in my car in 2015. I didn't need to do it anymore, right? I mean, come <laughs> <What> on. oil? <laughs> right, exactly. So, so you know, when you're when you're interviewing a prospective advisor, these are some of the questions that you really want to, you know, sort of be thinking about when it comes to, you know, how to, how does it work? Ask your friends too, you know, and 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 if you want to see a a um, uh, uh, an example of a financial plan, go to my website, Larry Rosenthal. Com and click on the uh, on the first page there. There's a video of it. It updates every 24 hours, so you can see your progress, no matter what's going on in the markets, your cash flow, everything right there. Another question too to ask ask the 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 prospective advisor is is simply um, explain to me my cash flow management when I get down the road into retirement. How are you going to design my cash flow? What is the process? Which accounts are we going to take the money from first? Which accounts are going to be changed in order to produce income, but some still growth? What about the tax treatment on the different accounts as it comes out? You know, there's four different ways the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses, Chris. We've talked about that many times on the show. 
And what's the most tax-efficient way for me to receive my income during my retirement years? Hey, if I'm taking out too much money and I'm getting too big of a tax, that could affect my Social Security, and it could also affect my Medicare premiums. How is the advisor accounting for all of this? Whoa, I did, are, whoa, whoa, back up just a minute. I didn't realize that if you actually were taking too large of distributions of certain things that it would affect your Social Security. Is that a income kind of a thing? What's yes, the, it's an income. It's called provisional income test. Yes, if you're wow. on Social Security and your income's over a certain level, married filing jointly, then up to 85% of your Social Security check will be taxed at your ordinary income rates. That that It's called provisional income. And it's your adjusted gross income plus tax-free municipal bond interest income plus one-half of your Social Security income. Amazing. And if you're married filing jointly and it's over $44,000, then 85% of your Social Security check will be taxed at whatever tax bracket you're in. But that's before you reach your full Social Security age, right? It's at any time you're taking Social Security. Seriously. 62, 82, 92, wow. 102, doesn't matter. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, so you know, how, can, how does your advisor plan for this? Are there certain ways that you can reduce? And, and it's, it's, it's a kind of a low bar to get there, okay? But, but, you know, are there ways that you can minimize the exposure of this? And, and yes, there are. There are certain ways that you can sort of thatch through the cash flow distribution scenario in retirement years. These are the questions we need to be asking prospective mm-hmm. advisors. If your advisor is not talking to you about this, not running these, these, these illustrations for you, not giving you, you know, leading advice, looking down the road and around the corner, working with your CPA, you know, doing different things like that. Ask these questions. It's important. Hey, if you want to get a list of this stuff, uh, of this stuff, of these questions to ask, go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And again, while you're there, check on the seminar. We're going to be having another seminar on Thursday, May 9th at Turf Valley Country Club and Resort just outside of Catonsville, Maryland. We're going to be going over the do's and don'ts, the pros and cons of annuities. If you have an annuity or you have questions on annuities, you need to come because we're going to show you the the different types of annuities, the fees. We're going to talk about the primary investment objectives of annuities. Again, half financial advisors out there love annuities and the other half can't stand them. We're going to give you some education on them because, you know, we just people need to understand uh, you know, what they own and whether or not an annuity is right for them. So there's going to be two sessions. The first one begins at 1 in the afternoon till about 2.30, and the second one from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It's the same material. You don't need to come to both unless you want to. There's no cost for this seminar. It's educational. It's a free seminar, and the refreshments are complimentary as well. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on the seminar button at the top, and go ahead and register there. Again, Thursday, May 9th, 1 p.m. and 6.30 p.m., two sessions on that same day. Uh, well, Chris, uh, we got to take a quick break here, so give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. You listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. You know, I hear a lot, uh, Larry, have been, uh, pe- people are talking about, well, now's a good time to buy gold. But really? I mean, because we don't have inflation in the economy right now. We don't need to be going to the grocery store and buying a bunch of things. And usually inflation, isn't that when you would consider something like a, a gold buy? Well, yeah, Chris, precious metals are a good hedge against inflation, especially gold. But there's not a lot of inflation in, in the system right now. Hence, the Fed is not raising rates. So, so you know, that is kind of a good thing to have an expanding, growing economy, having wages rise and not much inflation pressure. That's really a good thing. And and uh, but, you know, when you when you talk about the term inflation, it's very important. You know, think about this for a second. I, this, this comes to mind when when people talk about inflation. And, and I've, I've taught this so many times in, in my different seminar classes and to clients and and you know what's what's two times three times five times three hundred sixty five times twenty, <laughs> right? Well, real quick, the number comes out to two hundred nineteen thousand. Wow, you're genius. Okay, yeah. And and what is what that means is this: is it's two people a day having three meals a day at five dollars per meal, three hundred sixty five days a year for twenty years in retirement. You're going to spend two hundred and nineteen thousand dollars on food. On food, if your meat, if your meals are five dollars per meal, think about that for a second. Now think about the cost of food over twenty years. That doesn't include inflation. So it's very important that our dollars, our investments, outpace three things: taxes, inflation, and fees, because that's the net dollar that you can take into the grocery store and buy food with and 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 people need to understand that even though you're retired you still need to have a piece of your portfolio growing for yourself down the road so you can maintain purchasing power because not maintaining purchasing power in retirement years is a very very slow way to substantially reduce your standard of living down the road so it's important and and oftentimes when i run financial plans with clients i'll show them the future value of money versus the present value of the money 
you know, and you get all this big savings, and then you say, well, let's move that money forward 20 years and show you exactly what it's going to buy down the road. And they go, oh, okay, so we really need to keep our nose to the grindstone here. Yes, we do, because keeping pace with taxes and inflation is vitally important. So there's various different tools to do that with, right, to keep pace with taxes and inflation and kind of how you would handle that within your your office, how you handle those kinds of things, right, Larry? Sure. You know, you run out of financial plan, Chris. Yeah, again, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the video on the home page here, and it's going to talk to you about it. It'll show you how to do that. You can also search our library of, of uh, educational resources on the website there and, and look under inflation, and it'll show you the history of inflation and, and what it does to purchasing power. You know, think about a stamp when you were in elementary school, and what's the cost of postage today? What about a car? What about housing? What about clothing? All that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, technology comes into the scenario, too, and technology is famous for lowering cost of, of goods and services, which is great, but you still have an ever-increasing cost in an expanding economy, and, and so it, it is very very important to keep pace with inflation down the road, no doubt about it. It's always a lot of fun to kind of go back into history and, you know, how much was a dollar, uh, how much was gas? You know, it's 10 cents a gallon back in the day, and that's what inflation is. Today, it's what, four bucks a gallon? I mean, it's just kind of fun to watch. Well, it's two dollars, two, two, forty, two, sixty, somewhere in that area. Yeah. (laughs) Not four, Chris. Let's not go to four. (laughs) That would be real inflation. Not yet. That would hurt hurt the economy substantially. Yes. Not good at all. Yeah. You've got a seminar coming up, right? Let's talk about that one more time. I do. A couple of weeks from now on Thursday, May 9th, over in Catonsville in Maryland, we're going to be at uh, Turf Valley Country Club. We're going to be doing the pros and cons of annuities. Lots of Q&A, lots of information on them. If you're 55 and over and want to understand what's going on in the annuity world, if you have an annuity, come on. If you're interested in understanding them, come on. There's going to be two sessions. The first one begins at 1 in the afternoon for about 90 minutes to 2.30, and then the second one from 6.30 to 8 p.m. There's no cost for the seminar and the refreshments are complimentary. Uh, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there, or just simply give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Again, go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there. Bring some friends. It's going to be a very interesting subject. Mm-hmm. Lots of questions, I'm sure, will be fired up from the audience. And, uh, again, we're going to be going over the do's and don'ts of annuities. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to break it down. We're going to unpack it and talk to you about how they are designed, what the purpose of them are. We'll go over a couple of different uh, concepts with them and, uh, you know, give you some educational material there. So, again, May 9th at Turf Valley Country Club. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, to register. Chris, I see we've got some callers on the line. Why don't we go ahead and open up line one? My question, it's not really a specific question. Um, I've been listening to you and this segment here. You have been talking a lot about the person with the portfolio that may have had it for some time, and I'm not in that category. I'm sort of a new investor here trying to build a portfolio, and I was going to ask if you can direct some of your comments and some of your um, tips towards getting started and what are some of the things to look out for and things like that. 
As a new investor, the first thing you want to make sure is that you don't have any unnecessary debt that you're carrying, credit cards for vacations and things like that. Make sure that you have an adequate amount of money saved up in the bank, three, four, maybe five months of living expenses. And then we want to start building investment portfolios through mutual funds if you're a new investor because it gives you diversification and professional money management. And I would look based off of different sectors, some domestic, some international and just kind of go from there. And I would also, Charlton, recommend that you get with a financial advisor who can sit down and help you assess your goals and build you a portfolio in the direction of accomplishing your goals. Appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome Sharon on the line. Good morning, Sharon. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. I have a property in Maryland. I live in Virginia, and I wanted to put, it, it was my old home, well, my home, it is my home, and I wanted to put that under LLC, and I wanted to know, I'm not clear if there's any tax ramifications that I would have for that, for doing that, if it's beneficial to do it in regards for a tax situation or detrimental. I'm living with my husband in Virginia, so... I was going to put it up for rent and do that. Now, all you're doing is putting the property into a limited liability corporation and treating it as a business entity. So you're going to basically move that asset into the corporation. So what I would do is sit down with you. Do you do your own taxes or do you have a tax preparer do it for you each year? I usually do it through H&R Block or someone like that. I would recommend meeting with your person at H&R Block or getting a CPA before you do this and have them explain to you what's going to be happening in the future with it all so that you get a full understanding of it before you go about doing it. But it's not a bad move at all, okay? Okay. But before you go about doing it, I want you to meet with the CPA in order to get one done. If you don't have one, I can recommend one for you. If you want, I can just put you on hold, and then we'll send you out. Uh, our CPA's information that, that okay. you can speak to next week, okay? Yeah, that would be good. I would appreciate that. Okay, that Sharon, I'll put you on hold just one second here. Appreciate the phone call. What I want to know is I have two adoptive daughters. I mean, that's not really important. But I have $6,000 each for them. They're 11 and 13. What do I do with that money to gain some kind of interest out of it? It's just sitting in the bank. Just use it when they get older for college, for expenses, for whatever they need it for. Well, if you want to use it specifically for college, then I would suggest putting it into a qualified 529 college savings program. If you're not sure what you want to use it for, then you can look at putting it into a uniform gift to minors account. The bank or any brokerage house or mutual fund company can open up either one of these for you. It's called UGMA, U-G-M-A, Uniform Gift to Minors Act. Basically, what you're doing there is giving a gift of the money to your minor children today. You can make the investment decisions on it. And when they're 18, they get the money. And they can use it for college if they want, or they can use it to go to the beach for a couple of months if they want Oh, my gosh. The third way to do it is just keep the money in your name. You invest it, and then you determine what you're going to do with it for your kids down the road. Okay, okay, and if I do that, what's the best vehicle for me today to put it in? Well, it depends. If you wanted to put it into some growth, then I would look down the road to some moderate balance type mutual funds. Okay, good. I like that third idea. Perfect. Okay. Well, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for calling Making Money Sense. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. 
Well, as we come down to sort of the close of this show, it's really kind of important to remember where we are in the year and how important it is that we are talking about Easter here and the importance of it. Don't you think, Larry? Absolutely. Without a doubt, Chris, you know, it's the best, best holiday that we Amen. have, you know, Amen. Jesus is risen. And that's that's the the whole deal in the in the Christian belief. So yes. uh, for, praise the Lord for that. And, you know, spe- speaking of that, you know, every every Easter we, we are blessed to have uh, one of my good friends. He's he's the the pastor at Joe Gibbs Youth for Tomorrow in Virginia. Um uh, home for for troubled teens, and Denny's the pastor there. And Denny has uh, prepared, you know, an, an Easter monologue for us uh, this, this this morning to to listen to. So I'd like to just turn it over to Denny and welcome Denny. Mm-hmm. Larry and Chris and all the folks at Making Money Sense, thank you for giving me the opportunity this morning to spend a few moments with you in God's Word and talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which we celebrate tomorrow morning, Easter Sunday. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Tomorrow morning, those words will be echoed throughout many Christian churches in the entire world that he has risen and he has risen indeed. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the essential cornerstones of the gospel message. And it is the segment of those cornerstones that embraces the very completeness of God's message through the scriptures, where eternal life is found in no one else other than the person of Jesus Christ. We'd like to take a few moments this morning and uh, go to the best place I know to talk about Christ and his resurrection, and that's the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, Please turn with me. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, and we're going to begin by reading verses 1 through 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, You have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. I share these verses with you so that we can not only hear, but come to know the truth of the whole gospel message of salvation, which includes the birth, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is God come of the flesh, true God and true man, according to the scriptures. And you find that in the Gospel of John in the first chapter, verses 1 through 3, and certainly verse 14. There are those in the time of Jesus, and even yet today, who did and do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And yet the Word of God reveals the necessity 
of the resurrection in the whole gospel message of salvation. Let me share with you a little further on here in 1 Corinthians, verses that show and reveal the significance and importance of our Savior's resurrection bodily from the grave. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15 again, but this time we're going to start in verse 12. And let me just read several verses of Scripture, keeping in mind as we do that it's going to talk about if there is no resurrection, where are we? And if the resurrection indeed has incurred, that then sort of culminates or puts that capstone on that gospel message. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be a false witness about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. Verse 17 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Verse 20, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the death comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. It's evident in these verses that we just read that the resurrection of Jesus is of great significance and importance in the completeness of the full gospel message of eternal life through our risen Savior. Remember, he has risen. He has risen indeed. It's critical also in the life of every believer that we do not take lightly the resurrection of our Lord. Too often, we seem quick to move past the events of Christ's life here on earth. We seem eager to get on to the very next day of life. Not only is it critical for us to, to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us through the resurrection and, and through his birth and, and death and burial, but we must live out the fullness of the gospel message, proclaiming Christ and him crucified to a lost and a dying world. There is a conversation recorded in the scriptures between Jesus and Martha. Martha was a sister of Lazarus, whom Christ raised from the dead. And prior to Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave, Martha questioned Jesus about his slow reaction to getting there on time before Lazarus had died. As a matter of fact, the words in the scripture Martha to Jesus go like this. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And certainly the timing of Jesus Christ is always perfect and right on time. Yet there seems to be something about our 
quote, human nature, that we like to try and fit God's time and God's ways into our time and into our ways. And yet the scripture is very clear. His time and his ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But somehow we want to bring Christ into our agenda. Well, let me tell you, Jesus was not too late or nor was he too early at the grave site of Lazarus. As a matter of fact, if he would have been either or, then we would not have heard his response that he gave to Martha. And he said to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. These last four words in this verse may be the most significant words here in this verse of Scripture. And they are, do you believe that? That's how Christ ended his statement to Martha. Do you believe that? What is it that one must believe to inherit and or gain eternal life? That's the question that he's asking. Let me just share a few thoughts with you from the scriptures as to what it is a person must believe. First, it's a belief in knowing that man is a sinful being. And because of my sin, I've been separated from fellowship with Almighty God. It tells us that in Romans 3.23. And secondly, it is a belief that the penalty for my sin is death, both spiritually and physically. We see that in Romans 6.23. It is a belief that Almighty God sent the Lord Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary in payment for my sin. You see that in Colossians 1, 21 and 22 and many other verses of Scripture. It's also a belief that mankind must turn from his or her sin. Repentance. The book of Acts tells us that in 419. In the book of Luke, it says that if a man does not repent, he will perish. And it says also that this belief that he speaks of is that there is only one way back to fellowship with Almighty God. And that is through Jesus Christ. There's a segment of our world, well-known people, who are proclaiming that there are various ways to be restored to fellowship with God. But the scripture makes it very clear in the Gospel of John that Jesus Christ is the only way. Many preach several ways, but there is only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. It's also part of that belief that it is by God's grace and mercy that you are to be saved, not by your own works, nothing of ourselves that would ever bring us into the kingdom and restore us back to fellowship with Almighty God. We find that written for us in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It tells us, by grace you are saved through faith in Jesus Christ, not of any works that of yourself. It also tells us in Ephesians 2, 10, that we have been created and crafted in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has created for us to do before one of our days came to be. It's possible for man to do good things, but they may not be God's good things. The things of man, the Bible says, will be burnt up as straw and, and hay and stubble, yet the works of Almighty God 
is that that builds up the body of Christ. It elevates the name of Jesus Christ. It's that that God has set for us to do that gives him and him alone glory, praise, and honor. And one of the final things that is in this question that Jesus asks Martha, do you believe that, is the belief and knowing that to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's in God's Word in the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 12. You see, all of these things that I've sort of briefly outlined for you and more have been given to and paid for for you and I through the birth and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, He has risen. He has risen indeed. As we bring this to a conclusion, I just want to say thank you for listening this day. I am mindful every time I have the privilege to share Jesus Christ, that it's always an audience of one, that the intimacy is between you and Jesus Christ. And yet you've given me a privilege this morning to share briefly about the precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There may be someone out there this morning who has been struggling with that personal relationship with Christ and has never repented of their sin and has asked Jesus Christ into their life. And yet there may be someone out there this morning who this may be the first time you've heard of God's precious love for you and how he has given his one and only son to shed his blood for you, and to die on a cross of Calvary for you. Well, my prayer for you this morning is that God's Holy Spirit would prick your heart this very moment with the blessing of the gospel message, and that you would take this moment in time and repent of your sin, turning from a life of destruction to the cross of Calvary and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, believing upon his name. And the Bible says that to all who call upon his name, they would receive eternal life. May this be your day of salvation. And to my friends in Christ who are out there this morning, who enjoy that saving relationship with Jesus Christ, May you and I never be content with the place we find ourselves in with Christ Jesus, but that we would be found faithful, that we would remain obedient, that we would hunger, and that we would thirst after the righteousness of our Savior, that 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 we seek is to hear what Christ is desiring to say to us. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And that we would love Jesus Christ with our entire being, every part of our person would be given over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that we would love others around us. As the scripture says, we are to love those as we love ourselves. What a blessing it is that God has given to you and I that we can humble ourselves before him and just enjoy being his child. 
My wife, Diana, and I have a simple saying regarding our personal relationship with Jesus Christ and with one another. Jesus, you be Jesus, and we will enjoy being the sheep of your pasture. May God's grace and mercy richly fall upon all who are listening this day. To you and to your family, I pray that you have a glorious celebration of our Savior's resurrection. Again, thank you for the privilege that you've given me this morning. And remember, he has risen. He has risen indeed. Indeed. And thank you so much, Denny, for stepping in for that wonderful Easter message. Happy Easter, everybody. For Larry Rosenthal, my name is Chris McKay. We hope to see you again next week here on the radio on another edition of Making Money Sense. Happy Easter. This is-